I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson. With Cam Berry, Tom Peavy, and Brant Daughtry here inside our studios. Today is December 5th, 2022, the final month of the year. And uh, we've got a great show planned for you. Can't wait to take all of your phone calls. 334-887-3401. Before we do that, let's celebrate some birthdays. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports, gentlemen, is brought to you by our friends at Max Credit Union. Stop by Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. Max Credit Union has two convenient locations in the area to help you out. One in Auburn on Gay Street, one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Here are today's birthdays for December 5th. LeGarrette Blunt turns 36. The former NFL running back went undrafted in the 2010 NFL Draft out of Oregon. Signed with the Titans practice squad, then the Buccaneers active roster in 2010, a three-time Super Bowl champion playing for the Patriots, Steelers, Eagles, and Lions. LeGarrette Blunt was never afraid to run you over. No. Or punch you. Not at Or hit all. you. Yeah, he's uh <laughs> does not shy away from contact, we shall say. Three-time Super Bowl champion. Two at the Patriots, one with the Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt is 36 years old. Yeah, very very famous punch uh, when he was at Oregon, I believe against Boise State. It was a post, post-game kerfuffle, and uh, he threw like a massive punch that was seen all around the world. Football, yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey Hendrickson is turning 28 years old. The current defensive end for the Cincinnati Bengals selected in the third round of the 2017 NFL Draft by the Saints out of Florida Atlantic, made the Pro Bowl back in 2021, and was the Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year in 2016. Trey Hendrickson is 28. Quinnen Williams is 24. Current defensive tackle for the New York Jets, selected third overall in the 2019 NFL Draft by the Jets out of Alabama, a national champion playing for the Tide, 2018 Outland Trophy winner, 2018 Bill Willis Trophy, and a unanimous All-American. Quinnen Williams, 24 years old. He's a fun personality. He's pretty good at football, too. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Glad, glad he's wearing a different uniform. Uh, yeah. Seven and five right now for the Jets. Making things happen there in that uh, AFC East division. Josh Smith is turning 37 years old. Former NBA forward, selected 17th overall in the 2004 NBA draft by the Atlanta Hawks out of Oak Hill Academy. 2010 NBA All-Defensive Second Team. He won the 2005 NBA Slam Dunk Contest, a 2004 McDonald's All-American. Josh Smith turning 37 years old today. And a left-handed basketball player. So you know I love those guys. The most, what's the word, it, boring name ever. I don't want to just say boring, <laughs> he but was a Josh, Josh Smith. Yeah. 
Congratulations, Josh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. He was a part of the Hawks when Phillips Arena was still around, and then it was called the Highlight Factory. Congratulations. Your pants have no originality. That's how I feel sometimes. (laughs) Uh, All right. Christian Yelich, 31 years old, current left fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, two-time All-Star, 2018 at National League MVP. He is a two-time National League batting champion, also played for the Marlins three times in his career, has hit for the cycle, three silver sluggers, one gold glove, the 2019 30-30 club. Christian Yelich, really impressive baseball player, 31 years old today. And then finally, A.J. Pollock is turning 35, a baseball player who has played for the Diamondbacks, Dodgers, and White Sox, 2015 All-Star, 2015 Gold Glove Award winner, and won the 2020 World Series as a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. A.J. Pollock is turning 35 years old. Birthdays in sports here today on December 5th, 2022. LeGarrette Blunt turns 36, Trey Hendrickson turns 28, Quentin Williams 24, Josh Smith is 37, Christian Yelich is 31, AJ Pollock 35 years old. Our birthdays in sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. You heard there a couple of good baseball birthdays that we gave some love to and and do want to just briefly keep you up to date on everything that's been happening over the weekend. A major domino fell into place over the weekend. Jacob deGrom is leaving the New York Mets and signed a massive deal with the New York, or excuse me, with the Texas Texas Rangers. Rangers. The Mets countered, and earlier today, they signed Justin Verlander, who just won the World Series with the Houston Astros. Trey Turner signed a $300 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies to go be their shortstop. And now that's opened the door for Dansby Swanson to go out to Los Angeles and play for the Dodgers if he so chooses. Again, we talked about it last (laughs) week on this show, but Dave O'Brien, one of the top reporters for the Atlanta Braves with The Athletic, making it more and more evident that Atlanta is starting to move on from Dansby Swanson because of where this price tag is going, and Atlanta feels convinced to make Von Grissom their everyday shortstop to open up the new season. So, yeah, we could see uh, Dansby and Freddie Freeman reunited in Los Angeles or Dansby go get a payday elsewhere. But as we discussed last week on the program, unfortunately, inside that Atlanta Braves front office, they're looking at the payroll, and you got more needs than just a shortstop. So Atlanta's trying to figure out the bullpen and the outfield, and, and, uh, yeah, there's some free agency updates. And the catcher situation right now, they're – got four serviceable catchers on the roster and right you know that's that's something that anthopolis is going to have to look at but uh, man it's it's disheartening when you you lose out first on that bidding war with uh with freddie freeman and you couldn't lock him up and now you can't lock dansby up uh it does feel a little bit more comfortable moving on from dansby than it was freddie because you had to bring in somebody to replace freddie freeman You've got some guys in place to, if Dansby moves on, you at least got guys in place to handle that. But it's still, man, when you you just, I don't know. I, if you're trying to be that, that World Series caliber team, it just feels like you need to do a better job on locking some of these guys up, and they're not. I, and I love what Alex Anthopoulos has done for the most part, but, 
man, when you lose Freddie Freeman and then the very next year you lose Dansby Swanson, it just feels yeah, like you're, you're losing fan, fra- fan yeah, favorites. Yeah, you're losing fan favorites. And, uh, and, I mean, that's not good for the morale of your fan base. And It's hard. And, and now, of course, you have, you've missed out on some other key components because there was a lot of people that thought DeGrom would come to Atlanta. You didn't get him. If you lose out on Dansby Swanson, you're like, hey, Trey Turner's a great option if you lose Dansby Swanson. Well, now you're not getting Trey Turner. So uh, Two big shortstops also out there, Carlos Correa yeah. and Xander Bogarts from the Boston Red Sox. But the price tag is the biggest thing. Sure, Atlanta has paid a ton of money over the last few seasons. Keep in mind, uh, you've got Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Harris in your outfield, but left field was vacated by Marcelo Zuna, Adam Duvall, before he got hurt at the end of last season, uh, you got to find a consistent outfielder there as well. In addition to kind of bolstering your starting rotation, and as it stands today, Kenley Jansen is not on your roster. You will need more bullpen arms if you're the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it's tough, but uh, I, I think they'll be able to figure this one out. I hope Dansby comes back, but as not we discussed that last week, it is not looking that way. So it's better to prepare yourself now than to be totally caught off guard That's when that wild, does not man. happen. 334-887-3401. Toll free at one 9 Your phone calls are next here on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy. Brant Daughtry, Cam Barry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday, December 5th, 2022. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call to join the show, 334-887-3401 or... Toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. All right, let's uh, get set to take our first phone call of today's show as we go to the phone lines. Ward Dam Steve, retired Ward Dam Steve, now joins us. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon, and oh, Nelly, uh, guys, you know why don't we just do what uh, Saban in his invitational uh, playoffs uh, you know, during the uh, halftime shows suggested. Let's just cut out the drama, and let's just allow Vegas to decide whoever's favorite is who goes to the playoffs and, and replace the uh, college football selection committee, right? Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be a lot simpler, uh, a lot less drama? Uh, yeah, but yeah. No. Does that guy have no shame, guys? I mean, I couldn't believe it. that uh, I'm not really – at first I was kind of irritated with saving – saying the, you know, the nonsense of press logic that he used. But then I said, you know what? The people are being really angry and upset with Fox Sports that they allowed only him to get on there and promote his team. Uh, why didn't they let any other coaches, like, I don't know, Tennessee's coach, uh, to get on there at the same time, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. If, if you're going to have somebody on there lobbying like that, then you need to you, you need to treat it like political statements, and you need to have everybody. Get you need to, Heupel needs to be able to have his chance to get on there and lobby for it. So, uh, uh, no, I mean, that, that's it's playing favorites, and, uh, and Nick Saban, uh, I mean, he has earned that spot at the table because it is Nick Saban, but, yeah, I agree. If, if, if he's going to have the chance to get on there and uh, – and lobby for his team, then so does everybody else that was right on the bubble. Well, if you want to have a really good, almost three minutes laugh, you've got to go to YouTube and see the latest SEC shorts. Oh, I saw it. The, uh, trying to board the airplane, yeah. Yeah, Alabama tries to sneak on board the playoff. Oh, okay, it's just too much. Uh, I still can't believe that, uh, he, uh, that he, he was allowed to get on there with no other you know, um, pushback by anybody else. But anyway, moving on, guys. Uh, I watched the uh, the volleyball team, and they they were this close. Gosh, if they could just pull it out the end, of, you know, it was two to two, right? And they went to the the fifth uh, one and out. They, they lost, I think, fifteen to eight. Was that the final? Yeah. Correct. They had a two to one set lead, and and to win the first night was was that, impressive. Uh, over over Creighton, who was Creighton. on their home uh, on their own home court. Yeah, I mean, what an amazing run by by Auburn volleyball, who has not had really any sort of success to to even mention. Uh, it was a big deal that they got to the NCAA tournament for just the second time in program history, but then they win uh, again. They knock off the four seed Creighton, and then they were right there on the on the cusp of it with uh, Houston, and just couldn't finish it off. But a great, great season by the uh, by the ladies over there on the volleyball squad. Yeah, I mean, they have nothing to be uh, ashamed of at all. Shoot, uh, no. I mean, the future is bright for them. Out. Yeah, the future is bright for them. All right, moving on, guys. Do you think the committee got it right? Yes. Yes. Well, uh, depending. I, I Yes, just because of the way that they're supposed to do that as far as uh, as far as the way that they are supposed to go about putting them in there. Now, do I – honestly think that that's the four best teams in the country probably not but that's not how that selection committee is supposed to do it they're not supposed to sit there they're not supposed to look at alabama with two losses and go well you know what i think alabama head-to-head would beat tcu so therefore we need to put alabama in there no alabama still had two losses tcu only had the one loss which was an overtime thriller in their championship game. So you have to put TCU in there whether or not you think Alabama would beat them or not. So in that sense, they got it right, but it's not the four best teams in college football. Who would be your four best teams if you were in charge? If I'm just strictly looking at the four best teams, then Alabama gets in there because I honestly think that Alabama is one of the four best teams. I think Alabama Alabama would absolutely smoke TCU. And, I'm not so sure of that. Now, oh, I, th- I think they would. A, a, a healthy Alabama team would absolutely roll TCU. Tom? Tom? Yes. Hold on, my friend. Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> just because you got more five-star and four-star talents on your roster doesn't mean you're the best team. And, you know, Alabama uh, should never have struggled with beating LSU, uh, with beating Tennessee. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, if we're going to be really, really objective here, they should have lost two more games. Should have lost to Texas, and should have lost to Texas A&M. Okay, well, should have, could have, but they didn't. Okay. Uh, I, I, but, but, well, but, but listen, to, well, hey, just listen to me now. 
I I firmly believe Tennessee with Hendon Hooker now with with Hendon Hooker out with that injury, they're a different team because I mean that is just your starting quarterback. But a healthy Tennessee team with Hendon Hooker on there, they absolutely smoke TCU. I would actually put them in there over if I'm just looking at the four best teams. If they have Hendon Hooker, I put them in over Alabama because I think they are better than Bama when they have Hendon Hooker. Without Hendon Hooker, Alabama's better. And both of them, I think, would absolutely smoke TCU. And you talk about close wins. It is important to remember that Texas A&M game for Alabama, Bryce Young did not play. Right. Bryce Young did not play in that contest against the Aggies. Well, you know, if you're going to use that, you can use that for a lot of other teams who didn't play. How about Wendell Williams? Uh, He got seriously injured, uh, and he was limping the entire second half. Uh, So who knows what might have happened if USC hadn't happened to their starting quarterback. And you got Max Duggan, who also played hurt uh, in pretty much the second half. And uh, they they did what they could do. Uh, Correct. Injuries are part of the game. We're just arguing they do alter some of the outcomes on the field. And and Stephen, honestly, honestly, what I'm I'm arguing, because I'm saying this about Tennessee with Hendon Hooker, I'm looking at the four – I'm talking if it's the four best teams – at full at full board, not without the injury bug that, that's hurting them. It, because, like I said, I think that knocks Tennessee out. Now, fortunately, that's not we're we're talking crazy semantics here because that's not how they put the four teams together, which is fine. That that's there. You're supposed to do that by your record and how you do in your conference, how you do in your conference championship, and different things like that. Instead of just randomly looking and going off of subjective on who you think are the top four teams. They don't do it that way, and that's good. Tom, the four best teams to me are the teams that earn it on the field, not on paper. I, 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 Steve, I agree. I, yeah, you earn your, tw- your top four spots. That's what I'm saying. TCU earned their spot by going undefeated, and they barely lost their championship game. They earned their fourth spot. I'm just okay. saying they they are they are not one of the four best teams in the country. I I'm I'm telling you, Steve. I think Alabama would absolutely smoke them, and I think Tennessee with Hendon Hooker would smoke them. And the way LSU was playing at the end of the year, I'm not so darn sure that LSU wouldn't beat TCU. Well, but but we'll they but out. but but the SEC beats itself up. Everybody loses. Alabama has two losses this year. LSU has losses. Everybody beat each other up except for Georgia, and that's why Georgia is the only team in the top four. But you can't tell me that these other SEC teams, healthy, are not better than TCU. I would even challenge that those teams would give a darn good run for their money with Ohio State and Michigan. I'm not necessarily saying they are better than them because I think those would be very close games. But I, I would bet just about any amount of money that Alabama, a healthy Tennessee, and maybe even LSU would probably beat TCU head-to-head. Okay, well, I'm going to take a quick clip from the uh, uh, SEC shorts uh, when the guy portraying the Alabama coach says, well, you know, well, we only allowed uh, Auburn to have two 100-yard rushers against us. Hey, a great go. team doesn't yeah. allow two, two rush uh, running backs to uh, get over 100 yards apiece. Okay, enough said, guys. Uh how about the uh, basketball team, uh, what they've done, and some of the so-called blue bloods getting embarrassed? North Carolina, what in the world has happened to them? Uh, yeah, they lost four straight. They've lost four straight, and they are the earliest preseason number one to drop out of the top 25. 
Only the sixth time ever that a number one team preseason has ever fallen out of the top 25. And as Tom said, the quickest to do it. And uh, it's been an AP top 25 poll that's been out since 1948. And in the meantime, Auburn is up to number 11. And then we go to the coach that we didn't get. Mr. Primetime. Yeah. And did you see or read what he told the players at a team meeting? Yes. I watched that entire video. That video is, yes, that whole video is is a great watch, honestly. So and if how you the- haven't entered the transfer portal, uh, you better reconsider because I'm going to make your butt, apparently, uh, either quit or it's the transfer portal. Is that the message? I mean, not really. It's just yeah, he's like, he's be, re- in, be ready to work. Be ready to yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's that team was one and eleven this year, and so he's coming in and he's he came in and I love that video because he came in and set the tone and the way that he said it and he was just straight up and honest with the players. He just said, "Look, I'm coming in and we already have some positions filled that are coming in, uh, and and it just is what it is." He's I'm like, bringing my own luggage with he's me. He's like where he said, "I'm bringing my yeah, own luggage with that. me," and it's Louis, and it is what it is. And he, I mean, he's he's bringing in top tier talent that some of these players aren't going to be able to compete against, and he's about to change the entire culture of that program up in Colorado. And he's like all this losing stuff, all this. Uh, he's like, "Y'all have become accustomed to it." He's like, "Yeah, that changes now." He's like, "I'm coming. Everything's different now." He's like, so be ready to work. If you're ready to work, you know, we can talk and you can earn the spot on this team. He said, but nothing's guaranteed. And I loved it. Right. I, I was like, that's what's up. I mean, he really came in and just set the tone. Final thoughts for us, Steve. we got to get to other callers. Sure. Tell me this, guys, because I read this from another article I may have been you say today. Uh, but they said that there is maybe a concern, an ethical concern, maybe uh, even violate some rules uh, for uh, primetime to have his own son be a quarterback uh, at Colorado. Is there any uh, problematic uh, issue there? there? All right, so so, to, and I, I wanted to address this. There, there's there's definitely no issues with that. You can you can bring whoever you want to on, and I think everybody understood that if Deion Sanders left Jackson State, that Shadur Sanders was going to go right there. But but here's one thing: this got taken out of context, and this is one thing that the media is very guilty of sometimes. They took out of context what Deion Sanders said. They they portrayed it as he went ahead and named Shador Sanders as the starting quarterback. No, he said his son. Has he to earn said it. he said this yeah. is your quarterback, but he's going to have to earn it. And the media didn't want to talk about that part. They just like, oh, he just coined him as the as their starting quarterback. Well, no, he said he's going to have to earn it. But there's nothing there. There's nothing against the rules. There's nothing yeah. anything against that. Uh, for I mean, if you want to play daddy ball, then play daddy ball. I mean, there's no rules against <laughs> that at dude all. Is good. And anyway. Shador Sanders is he was a four star really kid coming good. out of yeah. he was a four star quarterback coming out of high school. Went to Jackson State to play with his dad. Now he's going to go to Colorado and keep playing with his dad. Makes and, sense. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Enough. Thanks, right. Steve. And of course, our soccer team couldn't make it. Uh, they they played their butts off, and uh, uh, I applaud them uh, for playing as good as uh, USA they did. always. Yep. All right, guys. Hey. I thank you for your time, and if you have some time, go ahead and watch SEC Shorts. Even if you're an Alabama fan, you'll get a laugh out of it. Until next time, guys, War Eagle no matter what. War Eagle, uh, that's retired War Damn Steve joining us on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the show. Uh, I do think the college football playoff discussion, Tom, is an important one to have. I mean, sure. this ultimately determines who is going to win the national title game, and too frequently we, we get into this debate, is it the most deserving teams 
or the best teams on the field and the precedent that has sort of been set since we saw the playoff founded in 2014. And it is always a back and forth as to as to what your opinion is on the matter. Yeah, but I mean, it 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 should be and and is the most deserving team. You you take care of business on the field. Uh, for the most part, you take care of business in your championship game. Now, TCU did not do that. However, because of the teams below them, it didn't hurt them. Now, if TCU had gotten blown out in that championship game, then then we would be having a different discussion. They lost that game. It was an overtime game. They, they rallied back and scored right there late to tie things up. Um, so they did the things that they needed to do to, to get in there, and they deserve it. Uh, a lot of other teams didn't. Clemson felt like they had, uh, you know, every thoughts of getting in as the ACC champion, but they didn't get take care of business in the regular season. Alabama, you can look at them and say, yes, they are probably one of the four best teams in the country, but they did not take care of business. Nope. And if you if you want to argue, that win they, losses matter. Yeah, the win losses matter in the regular season. And were they close losses? Well, sure they were. They were on the last play of the game. Yeah, the loss. They're, they're, they're close they loss. They're, but they're still a losses. Loss is a loss. Guess what? Stop a two point conversion against LSU. Don't yeah. don't there get caught with your pants down and and. And not be able to stop a two-point conversion by people, LSU. People want in on the conversation. Ricky, we love him so much. He sent us a message on Twitter, at SportsCallAU. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at SportsCallAU. Ricky says, Old Wardam Steve has now brought up Vegas determining the bowl championship selections multiple times. May want to talk to someone about it there, bud. Hashtag gambler. Uh, which is always fun. So let's go to our phone lines. 334-887-3401 or toll free one 9 tiger 9 Luke from Alex City. Luke has called into the program. What's going on, Luke? Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Quite well. Doing how about you? well, sir. Good. Um, yeah, first of all, I don't see what the problem everybody had with Saban going on Fox at halftime. Number one, he was invited. And what's he supposed to do? Turn it down? And when he gets there, is he supposed to say, you know... I don't think we should get in. I think any coach that would be invited would do that. Now, people are saying, yeah, but no other coaches were invited. That, number one, that's not Nick Saban's fault. Number two, the, the halftime show is there to generate ratings and eyeballs like everybody else. And rightly or wrongly, uh, Josh Heupel's not going to move the meter like Nick Saban is. So that's, I just don't see the uproar in that. And then as far as Steve having uproar about it, guess it's game day Saturday. Do you know? Hugh Freeze was on there. Okay, where was Matt Rule? By Steve's logic, I mean, is it totally unfair? Matt Rule, who just got hired, wasn't on there, or Brent Key at Georgia Tech, or, you know, any of these new coaches. I mean, it's part of the gig. I mean, it's, you know why Hugh Freeze is on there? Because he's more interesting, rightly or wrongly, than Matt Rule in Nebraska. He's more interesting. I mean, that people would rather talk about that. And guess what? Guess how much publicity Deion Sanders is getting now? Because he's more interesting than any of them. So, um, it's nobody wants to see Matt Rule's introductory speech to Nebraska. That's not going to go viral outside of uh, the, that part of the Midwest because it's not as interesting. It's all about what can you sell. And these, these games uh, and these interviews aren't done on PBS. They're not supposed to be politically equal. They're, they're done on, on channels that um, have advertisers that pay them big money. So they're, they're not going to run a show that's not interesting. And, you know, Josh Heupel, I, again, I get where some people 
just dig their heels in and get set in their ways. And Tennessee beat Alabama. I mean, you know, they beat them. They beat them on the last play of the game. They beat them. That's no problem. But you also, I think, should admit Tennessee isn't anywhere close to the same team right now that beat Alabama without Hendon Hooker. It's not like they lost an interior backup lineman. They lost their the best the quarterback who just named all SEC first team over Bryce Young. That's who they lost. That's a big deal. And so I think that should be taken into account. And then look, I'm I'm fine with the four teams that got in. I certainly think you could make a case for Alabama in the end, even as Alabama the four that are probably right, it, it hurts because I'm like you, Tom, I think Alabama would blow TCU out of the water. Um, and TCU certainly has a much easier path. And people talk about Alabama's close wins all the time. I mean, shoot, every one of TCU's wins outside of Iowa State was close just about, every single one of them. Yep. They, they're not a dominant squad, and they're, they're gonna, we're going to find out more about them in these playoffs. But here's the other thing that I think the committee gets wrong, and this, I have this same gripe with the NCAA basketball committee all the time. They start factoring in things that sh- really shouldn't matter. Like, you can tell they just didn't want to have a rematch of Michigan-Ohio State. Those are the two and three best teams. If you're going to have those four teams, that's who should be in the semifinal. It's unfair to Georgia to play Ohio State first when there is not a soul on this planet outside of Fort Worth that thinks TCU is better than Ohio State. That's a really and good point. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really stupid. It's bad because Georgia clearly, and I mean, this is undoubtedly, has been the best team in the country all year long. And so to have them play Ohio State, a team that has also been top one, two, or three all year long, over a TCU team that is skirted by in a weaker conference, that's, that's just weak of the committee. And so that's why, you know, it just things like that just bother me. Um, Saban going around and politicking for his team, again, you know, that's what I think any head coach would do if given the platform. Um, but not all coaches are going to get the platform. And you can, you can scream how unfair that is. But, I mean, if you're Fox or CBS or ESPN, you're like, hey, I'm sorry, guys. You know, we're trying to get people to watch this. And we don't, we're not going to have the head coach of San Jose State come on to talk about it because he's not interesting. And nobody knows who he is. And I think that's what it all boils down to. But, you know, the four teams are right. But, but again, I really have a problem with the seeding, and I, I, Georgia's going to win it all anyway, probably. But um, if I were Kirby Smart, I'd be a little perturbed because I would much rather play TCU than Ohio State. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. I the, my the only statement that I will say in there that I disagree with is that I that Georgia's going to run away with it because I'm man, I'm telling you, there's something special about what Michigan is doing right now and the way that they went into Columbus and just absolutely de-pantsed Ohio State. Watch out for Michigan. I, I think that Michigan-Georgia, potential Michigan-Georgia game uh, is, is something to keep an eye out on because they're, the last well, well, they're good. I, I, hope it, I hope it happens. You know, and here's the other thing that um, I've heard a lot of people say, that this year is a, is a great case for the 12-team playoff. And I would argue the other way. This year there have been two teams that have proven themselves beyond a shadow of a doubt, and that's Michigan and Georgia. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're going to expand to twelve. And again, I'm—I mean, it is what it is. So I could—I could not like it if I want to. But um, having twelve teams this year is kind of a joke and really unfair to Georgia and Michigan. And that's where it's going to affect the regular season, if you ask me. Because frankly, um, Georgia—the way they played all year, 
they probably could have sat everybody in that Georgia Tech game if if uh, we were in this expanded playoff thing and and probably still been the number one seed. I think everybody would be cool with that. Um, and I I just hate college football to get to that level. And before you say that won't happen, it happens every single year in the NFL, every single year. So, um, you know, that's those are the kind of things that bothered me about, you know, but here's the other thing. College football is changing so fast. The, uh, the starting quarterback for Oklahoma State, who's got like 9,000 career yards, is leaving. Yeah. I mean, for no other reason because of money. It's got to be money. The starting quarterback for Virginia is leaving. Uh, DJ Uyunglele, who, yeah, I mean, I get more why he's leaving, but he's been the starter for Clemson for quite some time now. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's just quarterbacks it's on the crazy. move. It's going to be hard to keep up with. I know you got to go to break, so I appreciate the time. Thanks, Luke. We certainly appreciate that phone call there. 334 887 3401. Toll free at 888 Tiger 9. He is right. We've reached the end of the hour, and I like a lot of what he said there. I do think the seating is interesting. Uh, if you were the number one team in the country and you've got this Ohio State team that you're squared up against, uh, nonetheless, I think we're going to see some really good football games set to be played in the college football playoff. Thanks for all the phone calls. We want to hear from you. Give us a call on the Auburn Bank phone line. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, Kim Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour of the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson. In the studio with me on the show, I've got Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola tastes the feeling. Our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and on the Tiger Communications app. Talking about the weekend that was in Auburn Athletics and in the college football world, and then also 
guys, today the opening of the transfer portal in uh, in college football, as we have seen from On Three Sports a little bit ago, about 850 names in the transfer <laughs> portal already, uh, including some names from guys that currently play on the playoff teams, which is crazy as well. So uh, it's just a new day and age in college football like we have talked about. And uh, let's do a little rundown of, of Auburn. Where is Auburn at today as it stands in regards to the transfer portal? Who's left? Who's still here? What's the word on the street? The the biggest name right now is Zach Calzada. He put his name in earlier today. People expect TJ Finley to go in as well, but he has not made it. He has not officially put in his name yet. Uh, if Auburn could keep him, that I don't. That gives you another option, and you need bodies in that quarterback room, especially if he leaves. But I still expect Auburn to go after a guy in the portal as well, uh, regardless of what TJ Finley does. Uh, and uh, Dezalen Worsham has also put his name in. Tarvarish Dawson put his name in and has withdrawn it. He plans to stay at Auburn, but Dezalen Worsham is the other guy from Auburn that's put his name in. Keandre Jones has as well, but he has also said that he is uh, open to coming back to Auburn if uh, the new if he and the new O-line coach click. So a couple of names already. A couple of names. Uh, but a couple of names have come back, right? You right, mentioned yeah. Dawson right. And, and Landon King Landon was a little King, bit earlier uh, this offseason. Yeah, he never officially... Because, again, it, the portal officially opened today, but he had previously announced his intention to put in his name and then uh over during the uh the coaching search he decided that he was going to put his to pull to uh to come he was decided to come back to Auburn he was not going to put in his name so we'll see what this team looks like here in the next few weeks as uh visits start to be had I know there's a need for the offensive line uh quarterbacks to come in and kind of join that room and that sort of thing and then still need to finalize a coaching staff yep. officially to make that happen. Auburn still uh, has yet to announce coordinators. We, we, we are unaware of who will be the offensive yeah. and defensive coordinator for the Auburn football team. And I'll tell you this, regardless of who is the offensive coordinator, the guy running the offense is probably going to be Hugh Freeze. So that one doesn't right. concern me as much. I'm very interested to see who the defensive coordinator is because Hugh Freeze is an offensive guy. He's not going to touch the defense. Whoever the defensive coordinator is is going to be almost like the head coach of the defense. Right. And uh, right now, the the name that I keep hearing is Wesley McGriff. It seems like he's going to come back and coach the secondary at Auburn, and I think that's a great hire. But it's is he going to be the DC right now? The latest rumor that I have heard is that he is going to be a co-defensive coordinator with Travis Williams if they can get Travis Williams to come here from UCF, which would be interesting. I don't know how exactly that would work out. I'm curious to see how it goes, but I think Travis Williams and Wesley McGriff are both really good coaches, uh, and they're both really great recruiters as well, so I would be on board with those hires. Are you on board on the return of Travis Williams, Tom? Uh, Yes and no. Um, I'm on board with Travis Williams coming back. the one thing that kind of bothers me, and I've seen this sentiment a, a lot with some of the Auburn fans, is that you're not making, uh, as Hugh Freeze, you're not making those big splash hires at coordinator. Uh, Travis Williams, he was up for the Broyles Award, but, I mean, that was a defense that kind of got abused over there at UCF quite a bit. And you wonder how much experience. I mean, he's, he's had the experience now at UCF, but, I mean, he was taken from them as just a linebacker's coach. <clears throat> you know, are, are you not going to go after a guy like a Will Muschamp? Uh, you know, I know he's 
got his thing going right now, but you know, are you not going to go after a guy like Will Muschamp? Are you not going to go after some of these big-time seasoned defensive coordinators and try to convince them to come to Auburn? Or are you going to make the safe bet and go bring Travis Williams back? And that's kind of where I've seen a lot of the fans talking about. I like Travis Williams. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a a great recruiter. But, you know, can you not go bigger than that? You know, are you striking out on trying to get some of your big targets to come in here and run the defense? That's my only concern. Like I said, it's nothing against Travis Williams. Like I said, I like him, but is that the best you can do? And that's that's the only concern I have with that. The Will Muschamp thing is interesting because he was a name that when Hugh Freeze was hired, or even when uh, Lane Kiffin seemed to be the guy, he was a name that po- seemed to pop up a ton right. for that defensive coordinator spot. And then a couple of days ago, it just kind of seemed like everybody stopped talking about him. Yeah. And I wonder if that's Auburn swung and missed on him or if he just said, hey, I'm comfortable where I am. Uh, Charles Kelly is in that same vein, a guy right. who's bit, who was floated around a little bit and then ended up you know, is a, is not being talked about nearly as much now. So, I wonder if they did take swings at those guys and just and just didn't get them because they're comfortable where they are and said, "Well, hey, let's," you know, Wesley McGriff is coming back. I I love that hire. I love Wesley McGriff sure. coming back. Yeah. Uh, and I think Travis Williams is a heck of a. He was an incredible linebackers coach when he was here, and now he has been a defensive coordinator. And like you said, he is up for an award. And while that was not the best defense ever, I I like Travis Williams a lot, and I think he can figure it out at a place like Auburn. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I look. I, I say this all the time. Every coaching hire, regardless of how surefire it seems, is a risk. It is a risk. There is oh, a gamble yeah. involved. There's a gamble involved with Hugh Freeze as the head coach. There's a gamble involved with Deion Sanders or Lane Kiffin or anybody that you hire as head coach. And same goes with position coaches and coordinators. So uh, nobody wanted Kevin Steele. Nobody wanted Kevin Steele when he became the defensive coordinator at Auburn, and then he became the best defensive coordinator that Auburn's had in a very long time. Right. So it, it doesn't. I not a big name doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people, but uh, I, I certainly we see where where that trepidation comes from. But sure. yeah, I, I would be totally fine with Travis Williams personally. So you know, and I, you know, and I guess that's one of the things. And I and I again, I, I don't have anything against Travis Williams. I'm not saying that, but when Hugh Freeze was hired. One of the hopes was that you're bringing Hugh Freeze and then he is going to put together an all-star staff around him that is just, oh, my gosh. And, you know, and we heard about Matt Luke coming to coach the offensive right. line. Well, that didn't happen. We've heard about Muschamp. We've heard other names, Charles Kelly. We've heard all these names of Hugh Freeze putting this all-star staff together. And then all of a sudden, as it starts coming together, it's like, well, it's you're getting this, your tum- the, you're getting your number twos and not a whole right, lot of your, it, the number ones that everyone well, yeah, thought you were going exactly. To get. Well, you know we're going to bring this guy in from Liberty and we're going to bring this guy from Liberty. You know we're going to which you had to keep Carnell on. I mean you had to keep Cadillac and it's and we're keeping Zach Etheridge it's not, and so <laughs> pretty much had to yeah yeah um, and that's fine. But you know you were expecting uh, I I see you were expecting. I think a lot of people hoped that. It was just going to be this all-star staff of just incredible coaches and recruiters that would just blow everybody's minds. Well, that's not transpiring right now. It feels like it's a lot of the, well, we didn't get this guy, so let's go get him. Or we didn't get this guy, so let's go get him. Let's bring another former Auburn player in or, or another former guy that coached here at Auburn. It, it just it, – they feel underwhelming right now. Uh, there's not a single hire on that staff that I have seen – Outside of keeping Cadillac, there's not a hire that has been made on that staff 
that just really makes you just sit back and go, oh, holy smokes, boy, he just he just did that. He just brought that guy in. Oh, my gosh. Not a single one of them has been that way. It's, a lot of them have been like, okay, let me look this guy up, see who he is. And it's been kind of underwhelming. This could be the big week. This could be we the hope. big week. Uh, you know, Travis Williams' name has been out there. Uh, as we talked about last week, and let's remind people once again, for a number of these coaches, guys, they had conference championships last week that they wanted to be a part of before they focused on taking that next step uh, right. and going to their next spot. Travis Williams being one of them as Gus Malzahn and UCF played in the uh, AAC conference title game against Tulane ultimately came up a little bit short and uh, look big storyline out of that one in regards to the transfer portal coming on Monday UCF had a quarterback in Mikey Keene who had won them the game the week prior John Rice Plumley had been a really good quarterback for them for a large portion of the season the transfer from Ole Miss effective in the rushing game helping them in their offense uh, be successful he was banged up Mikey Keene refused to play on Saturday because it would have been his fifth game of competition and he would have burned his red shirt. A conference championship game and he refused to play at quarterback and now has entered the transfer portal. I think once he made that decision, uh, Malzahn and his coaching staff wouldn't have welcomed him back anyway. But you saw a quarterback who was set to start in a conference championship game who refused to play on Saturday because he would have burned his red shirt. That's wild. It's insane. That's wild. insane. But that but that's that's where we have gotten in the world of college football is that it is it, not everybody I don't want to just paint a very broad picture of it but it has become a lot of me 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 and not team. You, it's a conference championship right. game. And you're, and you're more looking out after yourself than you are your team. I'm not going to play because after, I don't want to burn my red shirt. I, I I need to make sure that I have another year of eligibility and, because I need to. No, whatever happened to the team concept But to, in this age of college free agency is what it is. You see, I played South of Florida in the last week of the regular season, Thanksgiving weekend, and after the game, this quarterback was asked directly, Post game, will you play next week in the conference championship game knowing that you'll burn your red shirt? And he told the media, I love my team. I want to help us win a championship game. I'm going to be ready to play. And then you fast forward seven days. Mm-hmm. He's in street clothes change and refusing days. to play. So that's where we're at in college football. 334 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. Jeff from Columbus. Jeff has called into the program. Hi, Jeff. Hey, good evening, guys. Man, uh, you'd think I was going to talk some football, and I will. But to start off, one thing: uh, uh, Fred McGriff gets yeah. inducted into the foot, uh, baseball Hall of Fame. Big time. All that, right? Yeah, that's okay. awesome. I, I had no idea that Dale Murphy was not in the baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. He is not. Uh, it, he keeps getting passed know. over. Always, it's a shame. Yeah, One mean, of our buddies, it, Lindsey Crosby, had a, a tweet series about uh, kind of being skipped over there. It's wild that he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm with you. I, I mean, I guess I guess he just didn't do anything after he left the Braves. But, I mean, just from – I would think for what he did with the Braves, I mean, 
I don't know. I guess I just didn't follow Fred McGriff enough to realize how good a player he was over, you know, something like that. So, but that is cool that McGriff got in there. But hey, um, uh, I'm man. I I think this uh, committee didn't want to see Michigan play Ohio State. That's why they didn't drop Ohio State or move Ohio State to third and drop TCU down to fourth. They didn't want to see, and then. They didn't want to see Georgia and Michigan play again right now. They may end up doing it in the championship game. Or even let Alabama in at number four. Everybody's getting tired, except for me, of seeing Georgia and Alabama play. Right? So I think, I don't know, I think it maybe was set up better or more so as a viewer's matchup. You know what I'm saying? And we'll see. Tom, I'm 100% with you. I think that uh, TCU or uh, gets uh, killed by Michigan. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. the Cincinnati of this year. You know, they're not one of the best. You know, their competition isn't as good as, like you say, the SEC or other states. i tell you who I wouldn't want to play right now is Utah. After what they did to USC, yeah. gosh, I don't think anybody could have beat Utah that day. But, um, uh, so, but what about this? This game is going to be on – I went to the Falcons game last night. First Falcons game I've been to in 20 years. It was – and the Falcons get booed coming out of the tunnel. I've never seen – there was probably <laughs> – Yeah, I mean, probably Steelers, Steelers fans the Seven-eighths of the stadium was Pittsburgh. Doesn't you know, surprise it was me. crazy. It was – yeah, it was a – you know. But, um, hey, uh, um, that, that uh, Peach Bowl is going to be on December 35th. Or first, excuse me, they haven't made the 35th of yeah, December. You're creating yet. a day. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had, okay, at what, 8 o'clock? So that's New Year's Eve at 8 o'clock. You'll reckon that'll be the hottest ticket ever in football? You, you know, that stadium will be packed. Hosting not, Georgia on New Year's Eve against Ohio State? Yeah, that'll be a big one. That, that'll be the big one. And I do like the matchup. I want to play Ohio State. I've always said I, you want to beat the best teams. You know, I'm tired of playing these out-of-conference games and stuff. And, man, what I'm also tired of is today, like you say, this transfer portal, this may be my last season watching football because I saw where Georgia may take a transfer receiver and stuff. And I go, man, that's not right. You've been doing it. You know, I'm trying to keep it old school. You've recruited these players. You're telling them you're going to give them time and stuff. They said they got some injuries. But I'm just tired of seeing all this transfer. It's just, like you say, free agency. You know, uh, everybody that Deion Sanders recruited to, uh, what is it, Jackson State or whatever, has now is going to Colorado. You know, so it's it's just um, I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see how they gave – Deion Sanders, first-time, big-time coach, that much money. But then again, everybody makes $5 million. That's where you start, you know. So, uh, oh, I hope my son can make it that far one day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, heck, if Gus, Mal- if Gus Malzahn can make seven, he ought to be able to make two, I would think, you know. <laughs> so, hey, why don't why don't you all bring back uh, uh, Derek Mason? His name's been out there. His name, I mean, he he didn't have the most productive year at Oklahoma State. Granted, they only had two starters coming back. uh, But uh, I've said that for years. I don't think he is the best defensive coach out there. But, and here's one thing, and of course, this is a jab. You can take it. What? 
established defensive coordinator wants to come to Auburn right now with their with their the talent that they have to work with. I mean, if it's a lateral move, would wouldn't you think that? I mean, like Will Muschamp. Why would Will Muschamp want to come to Auburn? He wants to be a defensive coordinator. I mean, that's he's not the defensive coordinator at Georgia right now. It's a promotion. Right. Well, okay. And you can get talent at Auburn. The the, the talent is not there right now. He didn't do anything when he was here last time. Well, he only stayed one year, and the best player on that defense was hurt. Well, who's he going to have to coach this year? This time, and I'm not saying well, it's not that you can't get talent. It's not that you. It's that Auburn does not have it right now. The recruiting at Auburn has been poor for three or four years now. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing this roster that is just frankly way behind, and not just at offensive line. That is where it's most obvious. But every position lacks depth, and a lot of positions lack explosive guys. So the, the talent can come here. It has been here before. It's just not here right now. But you can go and get it. Okay. All right. We'll see. Like you say, I was just throwing that out there as maybe a right. reason why why these home run hires aren't coming. You know, I just. Uh, but hey, I appreciate y'all taking my call, and I'm hoping my brother's listening and will send me a ticket to this uh, bowl game. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, Mike, if you're out there, I appreciate it, guys, and I'll talk to you all later on this week. All right. Sounds good. That's our pal Jeff from Columbus joining us there on Sports Call. We got to take a commercial break. We're back in a moment here on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Here's something fun. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap enable to use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Here we are on this Monday, December the 5th, 2022. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. Uh, we want to take your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 to call in and be a part of our show. As we're talking about the transfer portal being open today, Auburn football trying to put together their roster. And uh, look, it's it's a roster that is going to definitely utilize this transfer portal. As Hugh Free said a week ago, in his introductory press conference, and we saw examples this season of teams making a vast turnaround and improvement via the transfer portal. Look at USC at Southern Cal and Lincoln Riley's first year. Sonny Dykes is at TCU in the college football playoff with impact transfers competing for him 
out there on the field as well. So, uh, fellas, that's what the move's going to be for this Auburn football team is uh, let's go find our players in the transfer portal. Let's find a way uh, to uh, have some guys that we've developed step up but then also bring talent in because it's available yeah. now in this day and age of college football. Well, and, and that's the big thing, especially when you're in a situation like Auburn, is you can get immediate impact out of those instead of uh, bringing – no, you obviously got to go get the true freshmen and bring them in to, to bolster your class. But instead of having to try to develop a kid straight out of high school, you get a guy that already has two, maybe even three years of experience, and you get the immediate impact from them. And that's what Auburn needs if they want to – get themselves on the right foot they don't have a, they don't have time to go full freshman and try to develop a roster because then you're looking at a two to three year build you bring guys in that can be immediate impact and you could start winning games real quick like and then you build on that so you gotta hit that you gotta get those offensive linemen in the transfer portal that's one thing that Brian Harson and that staff just did not do. You need to go and get some game-breaking wide receivers. That's one thing that Brian Harson did not do. Go find you another quarterback. If you if you legitimately don't think that Robbie Ashford is the guy that can lead you to the promised land, then go get you a quarterback. And then you need to shore up that defense. But you got to do that in that transfer portal as much as out there uh, just for that immediate impact. We'll take a look at some of the uh, players that could be on their way to the Plains, you, you talk about an offense, that quarterback is one, but also at that quarterback spot, who are the pass catchers, guys, that are going to make plays for Auburn this upcoming season? We've seen Landon King and Tavares Dawson come back. Uh, is everyone's expectation that Xavion Capers could also come back for another season? But EJ Williams from Phoenix City has been playing at Clemson the past few seasons. He's a target to be on the lookout for. Rob Ra Thomas from Ufala has played for Mississippi State the past few seasons. It's already confirmed he's going to come on a visit to Auburn this upcoming weekend. So, yeah, I, uh, in addition to the offensive line, Auburn's already making some moves at the wide receiver spot. Yeah, as an Auburn fan... Uh, I, I want Ra Ra Thomas bad. That kid's pretty good. I think he, he's the type of guy that comes in and just he Instant makes the impact. room better. He yeah. makes the room better just by being there. Uh, just adding his body is is a is a big deal. And I, I think there are a lot of other wide receivers in there as well. I think there are a ton of talented wide receivers. I think there are talented wide receivers that are on campus already. You don't have to worry about the portal if you're just looking for a couple of talented guys. You need to go out. You, you have the ability with that wide receiver room of it is not completely full, but it's not completely barren. You don't have to go out and get anybody, but you can go and cherry pick the guys that you want and really focus on them and hopefully get a big time playmaker. That's what you need are playmakers. At, especially at the wide receiver spot. At the wide receiver Gosh. spot with, with the quarterback needs to uh, to have people he's comfortable with. And uh, Rob Rod Thomas would be awesome. And the fact that he's already got this visit set up this upcoming weekend, that seems to be pretty big. pretty good. Yeah. Um, knowing that you want to get here as soon as possible, put some work in starting in January, leading up into spring and into spring ball and that sort of thing. Uh, and then EJ Williams, Auburn was, we talked about it a lot. I vividly remember the recruitment on Sports Call. People on the our, our program, our callers calling in, asking why there's not a better chance of EJ Williams coming to play for the Auburn Tigers. Instead, he follows Justin Ross a fellow Central alum to Clemson, and now he's looking uh, to play elsewhere. So that's another name to be on the lookout for. Treshawn Holden at Alabama played a good bit this season for the Tide. He has entered 
the transfer portal. I mean, there are names out there at that wide receiver spot that you should be aware of with this Auburn football team. The, the other thing that I want to mention, Auburn is in a better position on the offensive side of things to bring guys in because I'm going to beat the dead horse now. The Gus Malzahn system was not very good for bringing guys in because it was it was not a system that was going to prepare them for the NFL. It's like four routes that they ran. Right. And, of course, all you have to do is go to the NFL and find the Auburn offensive players that are currently playing in the NFL. There's not very many. However, if you want to go back and see what Hugh Freeze has done with some guys, then – You've got some you've got some stuff out there that you can look at, and so it's a little more inviting for some of these offensive guys to come here because it should be a system that is going to pre- prepare them a little bit better to go to the league. Auburn linebacker Joko Willis is announcing that he has put his name in the transfer portal as well. Oh, okay, keep them coming. So you now have one scholarship edge defender Whew, in Dylan tough. Brooks. That that's where Auburn needs to go hardest. I know I've we've yeah. we've beat offensive line to death. You have one scholarship yeah, edge gotta rusher. Get, gotta you've get got you've got to go get somebody. Yeah, you've got to go somebodies. get two or three somebody. Yeah, a few somebodies uh, to get some pressure on the quarterback. That was something that um, Auburn kind of struggled with. It kind of came on in the later part of the season, but I mean, no depth at the position. Yeah, um, it was it was. Colby and uh, and Derek and that was well it was Derek it was Derek Hall and uh, Eku Leona and Eku before he and got then Eku hurt, got yeah. hurt in the third game of the year and right. he was done so right. you moved Colby Wooden who is a three technique to edge rusher but you know Colby's just so dead gum good he could do it but Colby Wooden's going to be gone he's going to be a, I think he's going to play in the NFL for a while I love yeah. Colby Wooden he's yeah. going to be a really really good NFL defensive lineman Derek Hall he's gone uh, excellent pass rusher or well. I don't know if he's an excellent pass rusher. He's a good pass rusher, and he's a good edge setter. Uh, I don't know if he's great at any of those things, but I hope he. I really hope he can. I love Derek Hall. I think he's a great dude, uh, and I'm rooting for him. But the fact is, you've got one scholarship edge guy, and it's Dylan Brooks, and he was your third edge guy this year, and he's a little bit undersized. You want to go get a guy who who can set the edge better, frankly. I think Dylan Brooks is an incredibly talented pass rusher. You need a guy who can set the edge on first and second down. Uh, because Dylan Brooks has struggled with that a little bit, and, and I'm not saying he can't get better. I think I think he will get better. I think he has to get better if he wants to get on the field. But you, you just need more bodies because you saw it in the early games that Auburn played this season. When you can't rotate on defense, you will get pounded. Yeah. Especially in the when that second half and that fourth quarter comes around, you're going to get hurt if you can't rotate on that defensive line. Remember, before the season it came to a close, also on that defensive front, uh, Zakevius Walker announced right. his intentions to transfer from Auburn. So since the season has expired and the transfer portal opening up today, to update you, offensive lineman Keandre Jones, defensive lineman Zakevius Walker, wide receiver Xavion Capers and J.J. Evans, defensive back A.D. Diamond, uh, quarterback Zach Calzada, wide receiver Dazla Morsham, and uh, then Joko Willis, the most recent name that we can add to the list. That's a good number of folks yeah. that uh, are going to be looking at what this portal has to offer for them. Joko Willis will always have the fact that he murdered a man in, in Baton Rouge last year. He will <laughs> always have that, but that is about all he did in his time at Auburn. Yeah. The highlights are, look, if you got one, it's more than a lot of people. It, it, can, it can last you a while. You yeah. can live off that high for a little bit. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Let's go ahead and we'll take our final timeout here of hour number two of Sports Call today. 
Please call us. Your phone calls are welcome. We want to hear from you. 334-887-3401. Sports Call continues in a moment. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. All right, we're back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry on this Monday. December 5th, 2022. Hey, football season has absolutely flown by, guys. We've reached the end of conference championship weekend. Bowl season set to be upon us. So we know the bowl games that are set to be played here in the uh, in the state and across the country. We know officially the Auburn Tigers will not be competing in a bowl game and uh, the NFL continues to race along its season as well. Here we are wrapping up tonight, week 13, between the Saints and the Buccaneers. Live from Tampa, Florida, week 13 of an 18-game regular season. We spend so much time throughout the year talking about football season. And before you know it, fellas, it's almost over. Yeah. I mean, this thing's flying by. Well, it, so it, it's the quickest season. That's the thing. It, it's it's the most popular in the U.S., but it's also the one that seems to get over the quickest. Yeah. Baseball lasts forever. Basketball, Basketball lasts, lasts forever. forever. Hockey, if you're a hockey fan, that seems to last forever. But football, it, it, it's here and gone just as quick as it, – it, it's gone it's just so as quick. It's gone just as quick as it got here. Yeah, yeah for real. I mean, but it's, it's also, also – it's also You, only, you can only play season. one game a week. You and know? It, right. You can't play – Six out of the right. seven days, like you can in basket or in baseball, and yeah. three out of three out of seven, like you can in, in basketball. It is. I mean, it's it, you only play fourteen games, yeah. you know, or uh, twelve games in a regular college season, seventeen right. in a regular NFL season, so ten for high schoolers. You know, it, mm-hmm. it is it is incredibly short because of how physically well, demanding the sport is. How brutal the sport is. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, but. Enjoy it while we got it. Yeah, uh, you know the co- the college game is is getting ready to wrap up until bowls start. Uh, obviously, you got the Army Navy game coming up this weekend, um, but then bowl games are going to crank off real quick. Like uh, next thing you know, you're going to see two teams that you don't care about playing in the Bahamas. Yeah, and you're like, mm, they're they're still doing that. There game. they are. It's yeah. football. Hey, look, there's 50 people watching the Bahamas Bowl, and <laughs> we are though getting to a uh, important time of the NFL season as yeah. we're getting closer to the playoffs. Uh, saw some big games yesterday. Uh, locally, of course, here on Tiger 95.9 FM, you got to listen to the Steelers and Falcons game. The Steelers a 1916 victory over the Falcons. Two playoff hopefuls uh. in the NFC in the Giants and Commanders play to a 2020 tie. Ties are dumb. Uh, the 49ers are hopeful to win the NFC East Division. They lose their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, for the rest of the season as they were able to still defeat the Dolphins. And then, yet again, the Bengals knock off the Chiefs. For the third time in 2022, the Bengals defeat the Chiefs all three games 
by three points. They played in the second to last week of the regular season, so in January of 2022. They played in the AFC Championship game in 2022, and then they played yesterday. Cincinnati and Joe Burrow won all three of them, and all three of them by three points. So uh, several games to highlight there, guys. Uh, And and locally, going back to the Falcons, and contrary to what it may have sounded like on the radio or on TV, they were playing in Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh kind of turned it into their own little home field advantage. Pittsburgh travels well. Oh, sure they do. There's a ton of Pittsburgh fans in the state of Georgia. I don't know why that is, but there are. Well, because the Steelers uh, are one of those teams. The Steelers teams, are a national brand. They're, they're one sure. of those teams like the Cowboys. They're yeah. just like you just have I a mean, bunch of rando bandwagon fans. Yeah. Bears fans also travel really well. Um, saw the that other thing is that if, game, if Atlanta, the city team. of Atlanta is a lot like Auburn. If you're good, it's a big people pot. show up. Right. People absolutely will show up. You will sell that place out if the product you're putting on the field is worth watching. If you suck, people will not show up. Yeah, and, and it's also a problem with just – uh, personal seat licenses and things like that. It, it it's makes very expensive, expensive to get tickets uh, in the Mercedes-Benz yeah, Stadium. Yeah, it's just expensive overall. And if you're if the team's not good, there people don't think it's worth the price. It just is yeah. what it is. Like I paid, you know, like I think I paid like a hundred and ten dollars for um, for seats that were you know up in the third level still. And, and I'm going to a Bears game, and it's two teams yeah. that don't have winning records. And pay a hundred and ten dollars so to go watch Marcus Mariota overthrow a six foot five wide receiver by about ten feet. Pretty you know. much. Um, That's Mariota for you. But it's time. Yeah, we've we've uh, we've now reached that time. Um, Arthur Smith has left the door open now for a potential Desmond Ritter. Um, time to change quarterback. Yeah, yeah, to clarify quarterback for everybody, change. you're saying it's time to change quarterbacks. Yes. yes Maybe. It, yes. Shrug. Yes. <laughs> I think it's time. I, well, just, I, just, I think it's time, but here's the other. Here's my thing with it, right? You, you see Desmond Ritter in practice every day. Kid may just not have it. Maybe. He may maybe just not, not be ready. He's 22. He may, he's not. He's probably not ready. To take on NFL defenses. I mean, you just you just don't know. You got you you to do it at I some mean, point. I mean, Mariota is just hey, look. Mariota's not, just, Mariota's not good either. He's not. He's not. You good, may just so not have a see, good quarterback. I'd rather see what I have when I invested my third round pick in a quarterback. If if I'm not going to invest in him, then it, it, how does he look in practice? That's my question. I, I get it. I understand. If and he I, looks, he's, but he's only been, if he he's looks just god awful in he's practice. He's only been with practice squad guys, right? He's only been playing with the second team. So I'm wondering what he's going to be able you, to do with the first team. You earn your playing time in practice. Yeah, you I think earn your playing think, time in practice. I think part of it is and look, Arthur Smith he, he, and is look, a little stubborn. Arthur, well, I, I think Arthur Smith is a darn good coach. I, I agree. When, no, I know. I agree, but I think he's let me stubborn. let me let me say this. I forgot what I was going to say because I had to interrupt you. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> no, I look, I don't know if Desmond Ritter's any good. I think he's certainly not ready. I think if he was ready, we would have seen him by now. Uh, the fact is you're kind of playing with house money because you've already beaten the Vegas wins total. So I don't know. Is The Falcons just may not have a good quarterback, man. They may just not have a good quarterback, and if the kid's not ready, then he's not ready. I don't know if the Falcons have another good quarterback. You don't know. I don't. Arthur Smith goes in there I'm every sure day, he, I'm, and he I'm watches sure. those quarterbacks and as closely better, as anybody. Maybe, maybe he's just waiting on him to get the offense a little bit more, but now he's opened the door for it. So he has I'm, opened I'm, the door. I'm, That's I'm That is the thing that like it. makes me agree with you. He, he has said the entire time, he's been very yes. stubborn that – Marcus is our guy. We're going to stick with Marcus until we until we you know have a reason to change. Marcus is the guy. This week he's he left the door open he a little did. bit. It's the first time he hasn't been kind of very set. Yeah, a, a curmudgeon about it up yes. up until this week. I agree. 
update, uh, the Falcons do not play this upcoming Sunday. That's another reason. If you get two weeks. For Atlanta. So you, if you're looking for Falcons football here on 95.9 FM on Sunday, you're probably going to be looking for a long time. Uh, because they don't play. Two weeks. <laughs> they yeah, they, two they weeks. don't play. So uh, back in action on December 18th, uh, they will play their next football game. So, uh, yeah, quarterbacks are always big, big, big topics of conversation. Most popular um, man on campus is the Always. Backup. Eric Branch covers the San Francisco 49ers for the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, it is believed that the 49ers will now begin discussions with Baker Mayfield oh my to potentially claim Why? him off of waivers. The Panthers... are not done with him yet. The Panthers released, released Baker Mayfield him. earlier today. Jesus. Surprised by the move, but it makes sense. Uh, and uh, Carolina moves forward with Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker. I just, yeah. I just think Mayfield is just one of those that's just not going to be able to transition to the NFL game. I mean, well, he's he's okay, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, he's all right. He's he made a couple led, of yeah, Pro Bowls. He he's he, led it. He's he a led, starter on a playoff team. He he's know, he's, he's had some really good years. Yeah, but he's hurt. Years. He has been hurt, well, and he has been inconsistent, but he's been really good at times. I agree. He has been He's, good he's also been so, really, really bad at times. Yes, but so have the rest of the Carolina Panthers. Sure. And so I'm just curious he he's a he's a number one overall pick he's gonna get chance after chance after chance it just is what it is because of where he was drafted that's just kind of how it works in all pro sports you give multiple chances to somebody just based off the potential that they have he led cleveland to their first playoff appearance in god knows how long like 20 years somebody something like that um and so it didn't work out in carolina they need at least a backup quarterback in uh, in San Francisco, having two injured quarterbacks. But um, Brock Purdy's not that bad, um, being Mister Irrelevant, you know. Yeah. But he still he seemed to uh, you know just I watched a couple of highlights. He was able to hit some of his throws at least. So and all you got to do is really get the ball to Christian McCaffrey, and things will work out. Uh, or George Kittle or. Um, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they have a talented enough offense where things could definitely work, um, but that defense is going to carry them anyway. So it's just a, it's a big quarterback decision that the Niners have to make because the season's coming to a close. They're in the playoff hunt. Uh, they're in a really good standing in their division along with the Seattle Seahawks. So we'll see what the Niners ultimately decide to do, uh, and then the Falcons as well. A week off for Atlanta, and then out of the bye week they go. Uh, this tonight again. We're seeing two more teams in the NFC South go head-to-head. The Saints are in Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. There is always fights and drama when Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans line up across from one another. That's always an interesting storyline within itself. I love when you got good trash talk. Yeah, and then, well, then, fortunately uh, for Mike, Lattimore's not playing. That helps then. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Lattimore's not playing this we'll game. We'll see if there could be not more yet. trash talk. Nothing yeah. has been the same since Odell Beckham and Josh Norman made good with each other. Like nothing's <laughs> been nothing has been as no. good as that since. I miss oh those days. Gosh. But Lattimore and Evans, they do go at it. They <laughs> do. They that's that's intense. Every Who time. was it? Was it Andre Johnson? Who did he yeah, fight? And, and Cortland Finnegan. Cortland yeah, Finnegan. Finnegan. My, that that's the most brutal football fight I think I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> Because Andre Johnson's not a guy who talks a lot of trash. He no. did not fight people. Finnegan must have said uh, something. But AJ, yeah. AJ Green and Jalen Ramsey got into a pretty intense fight, too. I want to say it was Jalen Ramsey. Um, Freaking corners. Yeah. Corners and whiteouts, <laughs> man. Uh, we've reached the end of hour number two. One hour left to go. We've got a lot of fun planned for you, including a nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. 
My name is JJ Jackson alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry here on Sports Call today. Monday, December 5th, 2022. We certainly hope that you had an amazing weekend, uh, enjoying conference championship weekend. The college football playoff is set. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. Number two, Michigan versus number three, TCU. As we get going in the third hour, here's our daily show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the daily show recap. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? All right, our daily show recap here today. Tom Peavy, what's happened on Sports Call? Uh, we have talked a lot about the uh, college free agency. Yes. <laughs> also known as the transfer portal. Yes. Uh, yeah. Lot, and, and breaking you know guys down from Auburn who have entered or have pulled their names out. And then, of course, uh, Joko Willis announcing that he is in the portal while we were on the air. Uh, a lot of other guys in the portal. We've discussed Auburn's need to get into the portal as far as immediate impact. Uh, we've talked a little bit of uh, baseball free agency. We've talked a little NFL. We've talked a little Auburn basketball, a little Auburn volleyball. We have uh, we've touched on just about everything that is going on right now in the world of sports. Indeed, uh, Steve mentioned this briefly, and we did a a much better job last week talking about this. I do want to let people know if they were unaware, uh, we will be objective here, despite the fact. We are a little sad. Uh, the United States of America was eliminated in the World Cup over the weekend. Yep. Uh, 2-0 at halftime against the Netherlands. USA got a goal in the second half to make it 2-1. to one, uh, And then Netherlands added on another one. So they fall 3-1. About three five to minutes one. after the U.S. did. Uh, they fall in the round of 16. Um, a good run for the United States. Several young players contributing. And now they will wait for the 2026 World Cup, which is coming to North America. So coming back this way, 
uh, and hopefully it's a, it's a young and improved United States team in the years to come. How have they announced the stadiums that are going to be hosting those World Cup matches? I know Atlanta's going to be one. I'm sure they'll play New something York. in Seattle, New York, LA. Um, LA. Yeah, I I. But Canada, Canada and Mexico, Mexico I'm assuming, is going to get a couple one. on. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because it's not just the U.S. It's North, it's America. North, America. North America. Yeah, it's the entire North continent. America. So you'd have to imagine. I, d- I saw a list the other day, Brent. I'm going to try and find yeah. it again. Okay. You'd I have to imagine either Montreal. The Mon- area has some. Yeah, it, you'd have to imagine either Montreal or Toronto is going to get one. Mexico City is going to get one. New York. Isn't, uh, isn't Mexico City where the NFL does their games as well? They yeah. do. Yeah. So I, I figured that, would, that place yeah. would get one. At least one. All right. Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Guadalajara, Houston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Mexico City, Miami, Monterey, NYC, Philadelphia, the San Francisco Bay Area, Seattle, Toronto, Vancouver. Those are the 16 site cities for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, Coming to North America. I guess Vancouver has the white caps of the MLS, so yes, that makes sense. Right. Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Miami, New York City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle. Those were your USA sites. And Mexico, Guadalajara, Mexico City, and Monterey. And then in Canada, Toronto and Vancouver will the, host World Cup be games. So many people the, in this country, the, in this con- in, uh, the uh, the ones in the, that, the ones in the U.S. I'm I'm kind of curious about stadium wise. We've got the Who's city playing what? Yeah, so because there's some of these that have smaller stadiums that are the MLS teams play in, but then you also have your bigger NFL stadiums. Yeah. So are we going to be going into the NFL stadiums and do this, or are we going to do them in the smaller venues? Uh, of of MLS well, in, I would in, in Atlanta, Atlanta United both. plays in Mercedes Benz Stadium, right. and I think that's how it is in most places. I think Seattle's MLS team they, plays they play in, in yeah in in, in, C- the, in the Seahawks, Seahawks stadium. stadium. That name escapes but, uh, me. But, but I, for some reason, I'm thinking Houston has a different stadium. That uh, I mean, it's the Houston I Dynamo. I think is their MLS. For some team. reason, I'm th- I was thinking that Houston had a different stadium. I know you know they in Cal- will play at NRG Stadium. They will play at the uh, home of the Houston Texans. Okay, yeah, so yeah, NRG Stadium for for, it, for World PNC Cup games. Stadium. I imagine was uh yeah. was L A Los Angeles not on that list? It is, and they will play at SoFi Stadium, the uh, home of the L A oh, Rams. That'll okay. be the sick. big stadium. That, right. Okay. That'll so that sick. so that answers my question because you know L A has that small stadium because the Chargers yeah, played in it. Yeah, you want to be able to fit as many. And that's people. what I was yeah, thinking for, that for you're going to. You're going right, to. I figured it. you're going to have. But but again, in Kansas City they will play at Arrowhead Stadium. At Arrowhead. Where the Chiefs play in sure. Boston. They will play at Gillette Stadium where the yeah. Patriots play. Yeah. And the Houston Dynamo play in PNC yeah. Stadium. Okay. So. I just know there's some of them like it, like I said in LA, and I and there's a couple of others that have a smaller stadium that their MLS or whatever that league is right below it uh, plays in. But yeah, I mean for the World Cup, you're going to put them in the the biggest stadiums. The last time the World Cup was played in the United States, 1994, was 1994. The World Cup final was played inside the Rose Bowl. Yep, uh, and that will not host That's pretty cool a match in 2026 because they have built. SoFi. SoFi Stadium. Where is the the final going to be hosted? Does it say? I would guess it would be. Yeah, I would SoFi. say SoFi. SoFi. Or, or New York, maybe. That'd be interesting. I'm, I'm trying to think like what's the biggest stadium. 
Probably SoFi. Probably, I, mm, I don't know. That one in New York, that the the one that they Which built one? to take over for the Meadowlands in New York, where the Giants and Jets the play. Giants and Jets play. That, play, that place is massive. SoFi pretty big, though. I wonder. They're not playing Maybe in Vegas. They're not playing in Jerry World in Dallas. No, that would be. <laughs> SoFi Stadium holds seventy thousand people. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it? According to the Google machine. Oh, the uh, Giants the Stadium Cup. probably owes. Uh, AT and T holds eighty thousand. Yeah. Rose Bowls holds ninety-two thousand. The World Cup final in twenty twenty six will be played at AT and T Stadium okay. in Arlington, Texas. That makes sense. Of oh. course, he won. <laughs> you know he was gonna get that one. I called yeah. it. Eighty thousand people for the yeah. the World Cup final. Yeah. All that to say, something that happened over the weekend: the United States was eliminated yeah. from the twenty twenty two World Cup. They're gonna keep playing. They were playing today. We saw a match go to uh, penalty kicks. Yeah, Japan and uh, Croatia. And Croatia won on penalties. And so onward we move. I saw Brazil beat. They beat the Brazil. Brazil of Korea. took it to South Korea. Scored two goals within 15 minutes. I was like, well, this is over. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of a kind of a bummer if you're Korea. But they made it farther than I think they were even expected to make. So uh, I was about good to say, for them. It's yeah. also, and Brazil is world it's number It's also one. Brazil. Yeah, so, you know, good, good for Korea to get as far as they did. Brazil is just Brazil. Yeah. Um, but. Tomorrow in the uh, round of 16, we'll see Morocco play Spain and then Portugal take on Switzerland. And then uh, for the first time in over a week, we will not see World Cup soccer played on Wednesday or Thursday as there will be some time off before the quarterfinals get going on Friday. And, soccer. of course, the World Cup final will be played on Sunday December 16th. What, what's the central standard time of that game? 9 a.m. Central oh, 9 on Fox. Never mind. Sunday, December 18th. Sounds like a whole lot I won't be watching. The, the only reason I said it, so there's a uh, – at Fat Daddy's, our owner is married to uh, a lady who is from Brazil. We have a lot of Brazil Brazilian customers that come in. And man, I was hoping that you know I knew there was a weird time yeah, difference good, there, but good business. I mean, oh, yeah. dude, if we were able to get the uh, yeah, get I, the Bra- if Brazil, yeah, if Brazil got to the championship game Turn to be that. able to have a Brazil party yeah, at Brazil Fat Daddy's for that and That's have all of our Brazilian of friends and customers come, I good business. We may know. we may do that anyway, <laughs> even though it's nine o'clock yeah. in the morning. I'm not going to bartend it, but hey. <laughs> Brazil. I love Brazil. Brazil's so cool. We've Brazil. talked a good bit about uh, the the transfer portal today um, and, and Auburn trying to put together a coaching staff. The coaching carousel continues to move. Uh, Deion Sanders headed to Colorado. Scott Satterfield left Louisville to go to Cincinnati. I didn't see that. Um, we have seen reports out there about Ed Orgeron potentially at UNLV. Bruce Feldman seconds ago just tweeted that i spoke directly to ed orgeron he's not involved in the unlv coaching search nor has he heard any from anyone there and he told me he has no interest in the job Orgeron is chilling and making a lot of money making too much money to do it why (laughs) i mean and you got your national championship i need edo back in coaching (laughs) I need Edo batching. batching what we need Go to Dodgers. do is, is we need to take a commercial break right here. Uh, and then when we come back, we need to talk about the best and worst 
from over the weekend. It's a, a Monday. I got a good best. You're ready? I best really and worst best. of the weekend is coming up next here on Sports Call. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry here inside our studios. What a day, what a show it's been. As, uh, again, we've got our nightly TV guy coming up here in just a little bit. Monday Night Football tonight. We'll see the Buccaneers take on the Saints. Ryan LaVoy is there at Raymond James Stadium, the devoted season ticket holder for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We were talking about tickets for Falcons games earlier in just the NFL. That's one way to do it. Just follow Ryan's method. Say, you know what? Yeah, buy Put some money tickets. aside, save yeah. up, and let me be a season ticket holder. And then yeah. you know you always got the tickets there. True, true, true. <laughs> so uh, you'll be able to watch that right Bucks now. and Saints game a little bit later tonight on ESPN. All right, as we do each and every week on this Monday, let's give you the best and worst of the weekend. Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. It's time to talk about the best and the worst of the weekend best and worst of the weekend you can always contribute to the conversation on social media facebook twitter and instagram at sports call au we just got some love fellas on twitter at sports call au from john says uh, best over the weekend fred mcgriff finally a hall of famer that's a good one I like it. A lot of yeah. Braves country happy with that uh, with that selection sure. there. Dell Murphy needs to be in the hall. Yes, that needs but to come next. You know what else needs to come next? Tell me. Barry Bonds Barry deserves Bonds. to be in the hall. <laughs> Pete yes. Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens they deserves to be in the Hall of it. Fame. I. They did what they did. Barry Bonds especially. Yeah, one of the greatest sitters Gosh. of all time. I go back and forth on this. I'm keeping horse, my mouth bro. shut. Get off your high horse. Yeah. Hey, steroids are bad. Steroids are bad. Yeah. Steroids but are bad. But he was already so good before that. He was okay. But before the, before he got huge, uh, he was okay. Yeah, but the thing is, well, who's who with the Pirates before the Giants? Yeah, he, when he was skinny with the with he the was, Pirates. So, but here, here's good. here's Stealing my a lot of bases. Yeah, yes. Here's here's my argument with that is, was he juicing? Absolutely. So was everybody else. That's it was, true. It was not like he, he was the only it. person that was juicing. So if that was the case, then everybody would have that been the just era. doing the crazy numbers. It was the era of was the everybody era. was doing it. I don't disagree. So 
And and I'm sorry, but the whole Pete Rose thing, I, I think we are now like so past. Yeah, we we, we, we as a species have evolved past punishing people for gambling. The, that no, is, they haven't. It, well, I know, <laughs> but I mean that is literally we have see Calvin Ridley, one of the best players, one of wow. the most accomplished Whatever. players in baseball history, and the dude can't get into the Hall of Fame because of a gambling indiscretion <laughs> that many it wasn't years even ago. That much amount of money was it? Was it, it a was lot of money? pretty bad? It but was, I, oh. I mean. It it come on man it's Pete Rose come Jesus. on man yeah all right so anyway that was the best of the weekend from John getting thanks for sending my, that our way getting on Twitter off my soap at Sports Call AU again John wrote in Fred McGriff uh, finally a Hall of Famer best of the weekend we all agree that's a good thing Fred McGriff going into the Hall yes. Yes. yeah yeah Crown yes. Dog yes. go ahead who's next best of the weekend all right uh, this one is just so cool and uh, and hopefully our uh, our crack team can get the video and post it on trivia, but uh, on trivia on Twitter. Uh, not usually that I go the volleyball route here, but man, Houston—it's uh, Libero, right? Is it Libero? What Libero. Are you Libero. Kate. Incredible Georgi- effort. Georgiatis. Oh, yep, yep. I I know what Is you're talking about. Ge- Kate Georgiatis. All right. So Houston's playing South Dakota. Oh. Yeah. The rally. The rally itself was insane, but the the ball goes. Way past the back line, and Kate chases this down, dives through a friggin' table, saves the ball back into play, gets up, gets back into the play, has another uh, touch in this whole rally going on, and Houston actually ends up winning this rally over there, and it was started with Kate diving over and crashing through a table to save the ball and keep it in play. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A, a good 20 what? feet behind their back line yeah, as well. This like was, she had to go a ways. This was not like the table was right at the edge of the back line. I mean, she has to go way out of bounds to go save this ball and just gave up her body crashing through the table to save that. Kept it alive, and they ended up getting the point out of it after all of that. So, like I said, the rally itself was pretty insane, just back and forth, back and forth. But her crashing through the table – that's you gotta give that a best. Best of the weekend here on the program, Brant and Cam. You guys have something? I do. Uh, my best of the weekend took place in the Big Ten Championship game. Purdue. I don't know their running back's name. He's a running back who wears number forty-five. So that's interesting. Anyway, he takes the handoff and fakes a flea flicker, and then takes off for a twenty-yard gain. Never seen that one before. There, I, that I, was an awesome play. That's like I've I never seen like, a. Essentially, I made a, audible noises. Like a, a f- <laughs> I've never seen a fake flea flicker. I've never seen that that off of that play. So uh, gutsy call, uh, and it worked. If it didn't work, I would have called it my worst of the weekend because it would be stupid. But it worked, so it's genius. So that is my best <laughs> of the weekend. That was a great play, hmm. an absolute great play from Purdue. Do you have anything? Um, Cam? I'll go with. I'll go with the Utah-USC game. Um, the hit that was laid on Cam Rising was violent. Yeah. And it wasn't targeting. That was a solid, good, very, very clean hit. Uh, and it, it knocked Rising's helmet off. I mean, USC ended up losing. But, uh, yeah, that that's going to be my best of the weekend. I, I thought your best of the weekend was going to be when the clock finally hit zero of the Falcons Steelers no. game. So you're just like, okay, well that one's finally over. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's my worst of the weekend. 
No, Falcons losing is my worst. All right, so you got it started. Uh, yeah, worst of the yeah. weekend, that's what you're going to go with? Yeah, Falcons Falcons okay. losing and a, a winnable game. Um, defense wasn't great, but did enough. And still, you know, the offense just struggling so bad that we can't put more than 16 points on the board. So, yeah, just can't throw the, throw the football. Uh, worst of the weekend, struggling. I'm going to go back to, we talked about this earlier in the program, but the uh, the story with the UCF football team, Mikey Keene, <laughs> quarterback, set to start um, into conference JJ championship game. It's a championship <laughs> on the line. You just helped your team get there and uh, deciding not to play uh, because you want to preserve your red shirt and you're on a team and you're doing this for the team and then all of a sudden... Uh, you start to focus on yourself, and sure, there you go. Fun. My worst of the weekend is actually not from this past weekend, but the weekend before, and we just never talked about it on the show. Uh, Pittsburgh and Miami faced off. Miami, Florida. Uh, not Miami of Ohio. But Pitt won that ACC game. ACC game. For ACC game. 42-16. to 16, Pittsburgh is winning. Pittsburgh is winning this game. Defensive lineman... Uh, Devin Danielson oh, I did see on that. the sideline is in a heated discussion with a teammate. Oh, he no. walks away, takes his helmet, and bashes it into his own head three or four times. The best of and, that was the reaction. The reaction from the, the teammates, teammates, yeah, on, on the bench. It's an insane thing to do. And Danielson, and like, it's not like for show or anything. He's, like, he's going hard. And like he's smiling the whole time. Like I don't know what he's mad about. They're up forty-two to sixteen. Well, one of his teammates looked like he tried to take his helmet away from him, and he yeah. snatched it back, and yeah. then started beating his own head with it. So, yeah, it's just not great. It's not a good. It's 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 insanity, is what CTE, that is. baby. It's like a heck of a thing. Your head is important, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we talked about we talked Def- about defensive linemen. Here's the thing: you don't have to be that smart to play defensive line. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to say you can't be, but I am saying you don't have to be. That uh, old Devin. We we this talked. Is a look, Devin. We we talked about Barry Bonds and baseball juicing. That feels like that's like one of those roid <laughs> rage. Yeah, things. it's kind of a yeah. Uh, what was the the uh, the the movie that was centered around like college football? It was like the program or something. Uh, and uh, they had the like just the crazy dude that would like shoot himself up and then just would do just the most crazy diabolical things like beat his own head with a helmet that's what that reminded me of roid rage man worst of the weekend you got anything tom i do um and and it unfortunately it was one of those that could have been a best a, a best of the weekend was uh was max duggan's performance for tcu in that championship game against kansas state i i mean just Dude left his heart out on that field and skin and blood and sweat and probably some teeth and a little bit of everything else. Dude was bleeding from like multiple cuts and wounds all over his body. The dude was so gassed that he could barely even walk off the field after that one drive. However, TCU gets down there to the goal line with a chance to win it two times to try to score and win that game. I'm sitting there screaming at my television, sneak it. Sonny Dykes said the reason that they Just, didn't do that was because he was so beat up. I, I, at that point, I don't give a damn. <laughs> you literally had inches. One more to, play, yeah. You wouldn't play. You just needed inches. Sneak the dadgum ball across and, for, sco- and for score For what it's down. worth, they ran a dive, and I think he got in. The ref didn't give it to him. They actually yeah, marked it back about a yard shy. Yeah. But he got in. 
but then you come back and you run it. it, it yeah. But, it, but now, but I had this discussion with a buddy of mine, and he's like, "Listen, if you, yes, I understand. You got four yards, or I'm sorry, but you've got like four or five inches. If you can't score with your tailback running behind a lead blocker, then yeah. you don't deserve to to score. And you got to credit K State. Absolutely, I credit K State. However. I would have snuck it. Max Duggan has gotten you there. Yes, he's beat up, but, I mean, just sneak the ball. for. You could get four inches with him diving forward. I'm sorry. You turn around, you hand the ball off to the guy at the five-yard line. You might as well have just gone into shotgun because you didn't give your you didn't give the running back a head of steam. You, you turn around, you hand it to him way deep in the backfield, and then you get his running start, and their end comes in and makes a great play and stops him, but – I, I there was just a worst for me because I just felt like that Max Duggan. I felt like they took that away from him. I don't care how beat up he was. I think he would have been able to get four inches, and they didn't twice. And so that's a worst for me because I feel like they robbed Max Duggan of uh, hero status, a walk off victory, a walk off victory, and even more hero status than what he's already gotten there with the Horn Frogs. He's got redhead swag, you know. He's you got look yeah. at him and. You're the first person ever to say that. that red that's not swag? a common thing. Yeah, oh, okay. That's a new. That's you invented mm. that just now. Redheads don't have swag. No, they have gingivitis. <laughs> I like to think that too. <laughs> My cousin is a redhead. <laughs> Christian Page is a redhead. He is, and I adore him. I like Christian Page too. He's a great man. I like my cousin. <laughs> they're redheaded. There's, they're redheaded. Max Duggan. Not red-headed. a whole lot of not a whole lot of swag. Soulless Daywalkers. <laughs> oh, best! I can say this because everybody says I'm a ginger. I'm. I feel like I'm blonde here, blue eyed, but everybody's like, oh, "That's still a ginger." I'm like, I don't have like. By definition, no, it's not. No, it's not. Well, Gingers it, are redheaded. That's the that's the point. Well, see, that's what I keep saying no, is ginger. To is. me, gingers are the ones with the fiery red hair and freckles, and that's that's yeah. ginger. They're like, oh no, blonde hair, blue eyes. You're a ginger. I'm like, you're no, not I'm ginger. Not. You're that no. blonde hair. No, Tom, you're right. They're Can't wrong. Never mind. You're right. You're right no, wrong. I, I know where you were <laughs> going. Yeah. All, Can't, all you people, me. all you people that have called me a ginger. There you go. Does anybody else have any more best and worst of the weekend shout outs? Any more? Oh, uh, another be- uh, worst of the weekend. Same same game um, is USC's tackling lack thereof. Insane. Yeah. Very Insane. very bad. Very bad. Hilarious. Especially a Might want to work on that. Safety number seven. He he got broke off a few times. It was kind of bad. Um, I mean, uh, just the lack of tackling. Just it was it was bad. So they they're gonna have to go get some get some de- defenders. Uh, Lincoln Riley's gonna have to hit that portal and get some guys that can actually tackle if he wants to win a championship. That would be key. Yeah. Necessary. That yeah, would be very, key. Very Defense um, is still important, people. I did hear uh, Joel Klatt mention that that was probably the worst tackling oh game gosh, he had ever seen. So in. bad. Good. Good. I'm glad. Players, I'm glad there's nothing worse. Utah players broke so many tackles. I, I, I really do wonder what the numbers are for broken tackles in a game. Because Utah players were doing it left and right. Yeah. Let's take our final timeout of today's show. When we come back, we wrap up Sports Call here on this Monday. Tiger 95.9 FM. Follow us on Twitters. <laughs> 
Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Tiger 95.9 FM, the Tiger Communications app. Call ourselves uh, Sports Call Auburn. Auburn's first at Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Been on the air since 1995. A long time. And we're going to keep moving into the new year. This show will keep going into 2023. Super exciting. Getting closer to 30 years of operation as Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, as our show gets set to wind down... Here today on this, uh, what day is it? Oh yeah, Monday. it's a Monday. It's a Monday. Monday. Let's give you a nightly TV guide. Here we go. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right, it's a nightly TV guide, and it's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. We need you to do this. We need you. This is what we need you to do. We need you to go by your local TK's convenience store. Step one. And pick up a variety pack of White Claw Hard Seltzer. That's step two. And step, step two. Three step two. Step is three. to have a great time. Step. Okay. Easy. Enjoy yourself. Easy mode. But drink responsibly. But drink responsibly. Drink responsibly and have a good time. Uh, White it's possible Claw to do both things. Hard Seltzer. Proud presenting sponsor of a nightly TV guide. How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966 comes on television tonight, 6.30 p.m., on TNT. On E! tonight at 7 o'clock, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It's time to end the show when JJ starts doing accents. E. <laughs> okay, I do have a good Potter. A, 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 a good. Not me. Not Hermione. <laughs> but you, Potter. Not I, me. Uh, stop. Not Hermione. I've got, I've got worlds colliding right you, now because that's such Potter. an inside joke. That line delivery is such an inside joke, and that is so perfect. The Polar Express Not tonight me. at 7. Not Hermione. On AMC. Tom you. doesn't know what's happening. I don't have a clue <laughs> what is going on yeah. in this studio right now. The Santa Claus 3. Banger. At 7. True. That's the one on with Jack FX. Frost, right? Yes. Yes. Tim Allen. Tim Allen actor. having fun, man. Having Always. some fun. Uh, and then, how about one more? The Wizard of Oz at 7 on TNT. That's the... What what word do I want to use to describe Wizard of Oz? Classic. No. I would say not, classic not, would be a good word. Definitely it's, classic. It, it, is, it is a classic, but that is not the word I was looking for. Well, that's the word you, you should know. use. All right, it's a classic. Fine. And Monday Night Football, Buccaneers and Saints. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Dun, 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 I dun, hope dun. there's a tie. So the Wizard win. <laughs> so Wizard of Oz. Here, a little blast from my childhood. I don't care. I know you don't care. No, I don't he care. I don't care about the Monday night game. He cares. About I don't like either teams. The NFC South sucks. Go ahead, Tom. You care about your uh, his childhood. So, your childhood. Sure. So, uh, back then, you like got the Wiz- twelve seconds. The Wizard of Oz <laughs> would only come on like once a year. So, like as kids, that was like the big time of the year. Whenever the Wizard of Oz came on, you watched it every year. Right. It came on one time, 
and you watched a it. Must watch. Yeah, I like it. Tom, thanks for I being here. I know y'all here. really cared about Once that. Year? <laughs> no, we do Piece care. Info. Once we do a care. Year? That's that's odd. Go. Thanks for All being right. here. Enjoyed it. Uh, Brant, Cam, thank you guys for being here as well. Thank yes, you for sir. having me. Glad that's going to gonna do it for today's show. Thanks so much for being tuned in and calling into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We're back on the air tomorrow at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. For Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. <laughs>